Michelle is a musician with albums released as Everyone Except Me and artist behind the post-apocalyptic webcomic Stray Cats. She's kind, a bit shy, and furiously creative. Henrik is a filmmaker with over two dozen films and TV shows as producer, director, and occasionally host. He also released a couple of music albums. He's bombastic, larger than life, and tenacious almost to a fault. Together, they've been best friends for a decade. This show is awkward. So, Michelle, yeah. <laughs> you're already like, yeah, yeah, what is it? What is it? What do you want? Um, it is. So we were just talking about the temperature and I wanted to get that on the, on the, the live stream. Mm-hmm. So what is, so, okay. In Dayton, Ohio right now, it's 85 degrees, mm-hmm. 85. I had to turn, I had to let my air conditioning kick on. Cause I finally gave up after it was like 77 degrees. I was in my house. I was like, this is too goddamn warm. Um, uh, just a little too warm, but too warm. So you're saying it's in the mid sixties and in you're in Philly outside it's, of Philly. It was 68. It looks like it's supposed to go down to like 67 or 66. I mean, tonight it's going to be like 57 or something. 58 it, at night. No, no. I meant like in the next couple of hours. I know. I know what you meant. I was just saying like, <laughs> what, I don't understand why. Cause oh, so uh, Patty Stevens is in the chat. She said, hi. And she said it's 80 here and she's outside of Pittsburgh. So why is it so freaking cold by you for so it's been cold like all year. We by don't know, but it's not just like me. Cause my, my, where my dad lives in Virginia is also in the same weather huh. pattern. I mean, it's warmer there, but it's cold. Yeah. Um. So there must be a coastal thing that's going on that yeah. you guys just don't have. That's so, that's so, that's so the coastal mentality. It must just be something we have that you guys just can't have. It's impossible that you would ever have it. It's okay. It's not uh, a really good thing. I'm kind of cold. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't mind electric bills are about to double here. I wouldn't mind turn, keeping my AC off a little longer. Yeah. But... I mean, I would love to turn my heat off, but. I've had, I had my heat and I had basically my entire HVAC off for like five days or six wow. days straight. Wow. Cause it was just, it would get like 71 during the day and then like, and then it would be like 58 at night or 55 at night. So I could just open my windows at night, let all the cold, cool air in, close them all. And then it would like hold just mm-hmm. long enough mm-hmm. till the next night, uh, AKA country, um, country, uh, air conditioning as I've heard it called. Um, uh, David, the Neuer commented and said, Troy's lowest will be 6am tomorrow to whopping 56 degrees. Then by noon, we'll be at 80 degrees again. It's been nuts. Yeah. Uh, Patty said, nice shirt, Henrik. Thank you. I, I I'm assuming, are you referring to the Joe Bob one? Or are you referring to this uh, Hawaiian shirt full of horror characters, which proves that no matter how smart you are, you're always dumb because I, one day I was, I wear Hawaiian shirts every day. And one day I was like, wait, I'm going to go on Amazon and just type in horror Hawaiian shirt immediately found like the coolest thing ever. I was like, why didn't I search that three or four? I got complacent about my Hawaiian shirts is what it is. The only explanation that makes sense. Because I, I, I did not stay on top of it. I'm sorry. Oh, thank you, Patty. She said both. Yeah. So um, we weren't on last week because apparently last week, and I didn't realize this, I was having a very productive week, but it was also like maybe borderline on um, on like a nervous breakdown kind of thing. I was definitely on burnout watch. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a lot going on. And, I, and sometimes I push myself too hard, I guess. And I'm not really the one to know. 
if I'm being pushed too hard or not. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I, last week we took the, the stream off and then on, and then now I'm on this weird thing where I'm trying to work way, way less for the next few days. Mm-hmm. Um, Zip Hansel commented and said, Hola all. Hola, como estas? Yeah. Uh, Brett Cotton Jim just said, uh, Georgia is fucked weather. 30s in the morning, 80s in the afternoon. That's insane. That basically sounds like it's a <laughs> coastal thing that's going on. Yeah. What does that do to your sinuses? I'm having a fresco, by the way. Mm. It's the printing is just perfect that the label faces when I drink it. Like, mm-hmm. you know how it doesn't always do that? Yeah. This, this is one of these screen ready cans, I guess. But no, I've been usually, usually not always, but often when you and I talk about the weather as, as friends tend to do, it's not that different. Yeah. Like usually the big thing is it'll be like, yeah, it's raining real bad today. And you're like, oh yeah, tomorrow night it's supposed to rain real bad. And I'm like, ah, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're going to, you're getting it. You know, that's kind of what we deal with. Uh, Brett Cotton, Jim commented that Louisiana is, is just eighties plus with 100% all the time. Oh, humidity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yep. Um, Patty said forties here and then seventies or eighties here (laughs) for real, man. It's, I've just, it's just been a really interesting thing because last week we had really cold days and Mm -hmm. then this week it was like, anyway, in the 85s, but then next week it won't be. So we're getting some kind of warm front or something. Yeah. I mean, we are too. And we also had really cold days last week, but they were actually like 10, 15 degrees colder than yours. Yeah. So. No, I believe that. Um, so <laughs> Brett's reply was, it's miserable. <laughs> and they said chronospheres, which I don't know what that means, but it sounds awesome. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised Michelle doesn't know. You know everything. Why don't you know that? I don't, I don't know really uh, anything. That's hurtful. That's hurtful. But, um, so. but yeah, so I was dealing with some burnout last week. So this week I, I've made an agreement with the people um, that love me to, <laughs> to take it easy. Oh, <laughs> chronospheres. That's uh Brett said that's uh weather machines. <laughs> oh, I'm not talking I, like they're turning the freaking frogs gay. You know, like I could do an okay. Alex Jones for in bursts. I can't imagine um, talking in that voice all day. Like Alex Jones does. Is that just how his voice is? <laughs> I would assume so. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh- <laughs> that, is there like, I wonder if he has like nodes on his vocal cords. He probably yeah. does after all these years of broadcasting and stuff. No, it's too bad. Um, but uh, I definitely, one fun thing to do is listen to like a radio host or a podcaster, like listen to a recording like 15 years ago and listen mm-hmm. to now. And you can actually hear the, 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 you know, voice getting deeper a little bit. Um, and if somebody has been going really hard, you might notice like major differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Brett said, LOL, Alex Jones, you crossed a line fucker. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, I, um, I, I, I was, um, I was reading a Instagram post from, uh, um, Blair white. She's a YouTuber and mm-hmm. she was on, she was on, um, on like a podcast. It might've been, it wasn't Joe Rogan, but she was on a podcast and Alex Jones was in the seat next to her. And she was like, I had an incredible time on the show. My right ear is ringing. Cause he's so like, he's so loud. Like he just talks like this the whole time, you know? So, but she said that like, it was super nice and he was super nice to meet, but um, 
her ear was ringing that the wow. ear that was facing him because he's just so loud wow um patty uh said uh has michelle ever watched jackass i feel like you both talked about it before but i forget we did because michelle <laughs> thinks she's too good for it what yeah yeah she thinks she's better than us she's like oh, oh you 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 um uh pro- oh the proletariat loves their 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 uh ball kicking jokes that's so nice let them eat cake that's michelle a michelle quote direct quote yeah. yeah sorry but no michelle is um she's just not into uh into jackass no matter how much i try to tell uh, i try to sell her on the concept that it's a celebration of life and it's actually very positive okay you, but then you're like, that's even worse. No, uh, <laughs> Rhonda Bowman sent in a laughing, crying, rolling emoji. Brett Con Jim said, uh, the new one is pretty damn funny. I agree. I saw it in the theater. I laughed till I coughed and coughed and coughed. Uh, Patty Stevens says, Peniszilla was the best. I agree. Penisilla, phenomenal way to open any film. Honestly, if I could afford Penisilla, I would open every movie with said Penisilla. Uh, Matthew Brassfield said Alice Jones on conspiracy theory with Jesse Ventura was great stuff. Oh man. I could only imagine those two. Well, first of all, like that would be gravelier than a dirt road. I mean, just listening to those two talk. What would you have to understand? Uh, Jesse, tell me more. Uh, uh, Alex, well, you got to understand <laughs> that they like are like, if you do want to do an impression of them, um, Jesse Ventura is just Alex Jones impression minus cocaine. Like that's really it. They're trying to freaking frogs gay as opposed to be like, well, I've read some interesting information that suggests that the frogs may be being turned gay. That's like, the, and a little, and a little hint of Minnesota. You just like, just uh, like, like paprika, just enough Minnesota. And you've got a Jesse, Jesse Ventura voice, but he does. He just says the crazy things slower. Um, oh yeah. We man in a tank was also great. I agree, Patty, man. I, I like the jackass movies. I think it's funny um to see people do crazy stunts i will say and i said this before my favorite thing about jackass isn't people getting hurt necessarily it's the creativity because because they could only just knock each other off bicycles for so many stunts before they were like okay we got to like actually put some thought into what we're doing because it does get repetitive It, it does and that's the part that I really like is that they, I can tell they put a lot of thought into like, what is a great weird stunt to watch? Mm-hmm. Like they did, they did one stunt where they made, they made people legitimately think that they were doing a different stunt and the power went out and a bucket with a snake under it got knocked over. Cause they thought they were doing a different stunt with the snake, mm-hmm. but instead like they, the second the lights go out, they just knocked over a different bucket. Cause it's pitch black in the room. And then they had somebody in the room. They didn't know was in there, like going around, like touching their feet and stuff. <laughs> but then the best part is if you go through the exit door, the, 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 one of the exit doors, it's just like, it's just another pitch black room full of like traps and like mouse traps and stuff. But none oh, of them wow. know the best part was at the end of it he's like jumping on top of a table like okay calm down we're done we're done he's like are we really done or is this still the stunt is this still the stunt man you gotta tell me and i thought that was pretty (laughs) and then one guy like when when they said like come on man he was like nope he was sitting on top of a table he was just like nope i live here now done i'm just done it was was funny i don't know I, i like a good prank and the fact that they all laugh and hug and they've been friends for 20 years made 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 the last installment really great to me 
it was very sentimental and I'm incredibly sentimental. So it, it really, it really got to me. Um, but I get it. You know, you're too good for that stuff. You know, you only appreciate, um, you know, proper, uh, humor. You would love Jackass if it was a, if it was an anime. I Actually, I would pay to watch a Jackass anime, actually. <laughs> I'm sure there's something like that. No, there's got to be. My favorite thing, I guess, okay. My favorite, they brought it up. I was not, I did, had no desire to chastise Michelle more for her snobbishness towards Jackass. But, but the other thing I love about Jackass is half of the gags they do are just old carnival tricks, like mm-hmm. geek show acts. For those who don't know, the difference between a freak show and a geek show is very is is freaks are are uh, born that way and geeks are ma- made themselves. So if you're a, you know a bearded lady, that's a tech. I mean, this is we're talking like 1930s, 1940s. That's considered a freak show. You know, if you're a conjoined twin, that would be a part of the freak show. But if you're biting heads off of chickens or swallowing quarters and puking them back up or or getting tattooed all over your body, that's a geek show because geeks are made. They're made, not born. Mm-hmm. So that's, that was the, the old thing. So like, I remember one time seeing a video where Steve-O was doing a live performance and he had women, uh, throw their, uh, bras and underwear at him on stage and he would staple them to his body. Yeah. We may have actually talked about yeah. that. Well, I love that. Cause that's just the old thing, except that it used to be always dollar bills. So the joke was like, if you have a $1 bill, you can put it on an arm. If you have a $5 bill, you can put it on the chest. And if you have a $20 bill, you can put it on their face. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's one way to tip. So, yeah, but I always liked that. Um, I always liked that, that I always, I've, I've always loved the carnival. So, uh, Rhonda Bowman said, I think I would, it would, I would be, I, bleh, I think I would have more fun with Jackass if you and Michelle could narrate a la MST three K. I, I mean, maybe, but have you ever tried to watch a riff tracks over a comedy movie? It's, it's actually just <laughs> distracting. <laughs> like, like what do we do? I mean, we, I mean, I guess we could just say like, wow, that probably hurt. I mean, that would definitely, yeah. Michelle would be funnier than me is my point. Cause Michelle would have like a great dry observation that she wouldn't realize was funny until like 30 or 40 seconds after she said it, but she wouldn't admit that it was funny though. She'd be like, eh, I'm not funny. That and that would also funny. be funny. <laughs> What'd you say? That wasn't funny. See there, there, see, you're just like, that's not funny. Their insurance premiums are going to be so high. Oh my God. I'm pretty sure that, 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 you know, that the production's just paying cash for their hospital visits. Uh, I can't imagine that they could be insured for anything. I mean, cause it's already hard enough to, ins- to insure stunt people. Um, so yeah. Cause when you're working on a, a, a big movie with, um, with like a stunt coordinator and stunt people and you know, all that stuff. Um, there's a saying in the business, which is whenever somebody gets hurt a little, I mean, not like they have to leave in a hospital, but I mean like a paramedic has to come and patch them up or, or whatever, or just check them. The, the, the old saying in show business is you say, Oh, just relax. He's just going to go rub money on it. Cause, <laughs> cause the more you get hurt, the more you get paid. So then you die though. Well, and unfortunately some stunt people do die, but at least they know they're doing a stunt. You know, I mean like it's, it, it's, it's not like they're killed due to generally due to gross negligence. They're killed due to a reasonable amount of negligence, which should be the name of this episode. <laughs> reasonable amount of negligence. But no, I mean, uh, stunt people don't die on set very often, which is good. Um, one of the most mainstream examples of a stunt person dying, I believe was on the first 
my, if Dave's still watching, he'll be able to correct me. It was on one of the triple X movies. Oh, uh, they were doing a, and this is the thing, you know, you, you assume when you think of like a stuntman dying, you think of like explosions or, you know, whatever. Um, it was a hang gliding stunt. They were just hang gliding and a guy hit a bridge and it killed him. It was very sad. Um, and th- I believe they shot that one overseas in like Romania or Prague. Prague is, I think, in, <laughs> but they shot it in some place in, in some, you know, Eastern European place. Um, but some people do die and it's not right. Yeah. Parasailing. That's what it was. David Denoyer commented parasailing. Oh. Um, oh, his name was Harry Connor. Thank you, Dave. Um, so, and I mean, that's very sad and I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think any, and this is coming from somebody who movies are the most important thing in the world. I don't think any movie is worth dying for at all. Um, I get mad when people that are working with me, you know, twist their ankle walking from, you know, one spot to another when we're filming outside. Um, I really don't think people should get hurt, but I, but okay. It was in Prague. Dave just commented. It happened in Prague. Um, but but at the same time, I mean, you know, if you want to be a stunt person, you know that you're taking on an inherently risky job. Um, a friend of mine who's a director, he said that his only problem with stunt people, um, and he said that this is like always the case, is whenever he does a movie with like exploding cars and car chase- chases and wrecking cars and all this stuff, um, the stunt people are always like a little afraid to do this. This was his description. He was like, a lot of times the stunt people are always afraid to do the stunts they agreed to. Like you'll explain what we want to do. And they'll be like, Oh yeah, we could totally do that safe. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they'll be like, I don't know about doing that stunt. And he said, that's the problem with stunt men. They always have families. Why do you have families? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm sitting here. I'm the director of the movie. I ain't got no family. You're a guy who wants to be in cars that crash and you've got a wife and children. Why? <laughs> I mean, I have no desire to be in a car that crashes personally. No. Um, Oh yeah. David Denoyer said, it's like we were talking about yesterday with Debbie Roshan's injury on set. Well, that's a little different. So, De- so Debbie Roshan, uh, acquaintance of mine, a uh, very talented actress years and years ago, I think it was in 2004 or 2005. Um, she was handed a machete for a scene and was not aware. I don't know if she wasn't aware. I don't want to get this wrong. She either wasn't aware she was handed an actual sharp machete or she just was not like, she complained, like, why don't you give me a fake machete? And they said like, we don't have one just run with the real one. I can't remember mm-hmm. which way it is, but either way, Debbie is just an actor. She is not a stunt person. Mm-hmm. She does not. It is not expected that she should get injured in any way, shape or form. She shouldn't need I mean, like, you should not need so much as a band aid when you're acting in a movie. If you're not doing a stunt, I just want to mention that like stunt people are paid well, because they are aware they may get hurt. Mm-hmm. It's like being a pro wrestler. You know, it's not like, I hope I don't get hurt. It's like, I hope I don't get hurt bad. That's the goal when you wrestle. Yeah. Um, but she was running with this machete fell and it, it cut into her palm and severed her fingers nerves. Oh, no. And it was very bad. So, and it was, but the one good thing that came out of it was people started talking about like, you need to be more responsible on your like super low budget movie set. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I a thousand percent agree. Mm-hmm. I can't overstate how important safety is. Um, I never hand anybody a real weapon without them being entirely aware of that. It's real and it being used in a very specific way. That's safe. Yeah. And when I say real weapon, I don't mean a gun. 
real guns are a whole other can of worms that you need to really, really protect. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just one thing that you need to, you know, keep in mind is, is their safety is, is a massive priority. So I don't want, I hate it because the way I'm describing it, it makes, it makes stunt people, it makes it sound flippant towards stunt people, but that literally is their job. Their job is yeah. to take risks that other people do not want to take. Maybe movies shouldn't have people get hurt in them anymore. And maybe we shouldn't have cars anymore that kill people. Yeah. My, my point is it's a free will thing. I'm just saying I don't want people to die. So I don't know if I'd be, I don't know, man, I don't want to talk. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's okay. No, no. I mean, I agree. I agree. Like, but all I can, I can't, I'm not willing to go as far as to say it's immoral to have a stunt to do stunts Mm -hmm. because they're, like I said, they're willing participants, but I don't really want to be a part of any big stunts myself. Mm -hmm. I feel like I would be so sick in my stomach the entire time they're doing the stunt, worrying that they're going to get hurt. Yeah. You know, um, of course, you know, stunt people don't just crash cars and parasail and jump off bridges and stuff. They, they also do things like literally like jump, off of you know uh, a ledge that's like mm-hmm. 10 feet up the ground like they do a lot of not so risky stuff because their job is to be expendable for an actor who's not expendable you know if, if the lead actor gets hurt it, it it hurts the film um financially so uh matthew brassfield commented and said 100 we had an accident on the set of the sadness and it was bad i I, I don't know that story. If you want to share that with us, Matt, I'd, I'd be happy to read. It. I did not know somebody got hurt on, on the set of that little movie. Um, uh, yeah. Actor by accident got stabbed with a dagger in the back. He was a trooper and continued the scene as his back was bleeding. Oh, we should God. have been on it. Well, I'm guessing it wasn't a very deep stab. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. Cause when you hear the word stab, you think like a lot of penetration. You, well, really what you think is like the flex seal commercial wow that's a lot of damage but <laughs> but no i'm glad they were okay i mean yeah. and, and accidents do happen and you have to learn how to mitigate risk a lot like um okay i've had very few incidents where uh blood has ever been drawn by an injury on a set the most recent example was me um i had that giant thorn go into my leg super deep and I had to pull it out and, and glue it shut. And it was really nasty. Um, so, uh, but sorry, I was just thinking about that giant thorn in my leg. Um, yeah. But the first time that somebody got accidentally hurt a little bit on a movie set was on my first movie on Marty Jenkins and the Vampire Bitches. Our actress, Michelle McLaughlin, she was playing the lead vampire woman. And as part of the like defense against vampires, Marty wears uh, the this like gauntlet shielding. That looks like fish, uh, like fish scales. Mm -hmm. And in the scenes, she, she is holding his arms. And after about three takes, she realized that just a little, her hand was bleeding just a little from those pieces getting her now. And I know it's like, well, that's not a big deal. It absolutely was not a big deal, but it made me aware. Oh yeah. I got to think about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, she was a total trooper. I went and got her some peroxide. We cleaned it up and then uh, we finished the scene real quick. And then we put a bandaid on it and mm-hmm. it didn't bleed very much or anything, but it made me more aware that I was like, oh yeah, I need to make sure that, you know, that an actor isn't just troopering through real pain yeah. when, when it's not yeah. necessary. Cause you know, 
sometimes to get a scene right, you may, it may be deemed necessary by the actor and then by a lesser extent, the director, cause it's got to start with the actor. It, it may be, you know, reasonable to be like, Oh, I, uh, you know, it might hurt my hand a little, you know, doing whatever we're doing in the scene, but it has to be something minor and, mm-hmm. you know, and something that's not a huge concern and that everyone's aware will happen. So, um, ugh. Oh, Jeff McClellan just commented, said, don't be a stunt pilot in a Tom Cruise film. Two were killed in American made and one was killed in top gun. I did not know that. Um, and that's a whole other space too. Those are pilots. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a whole other ball game. I don't even, I have nothing to say about pilots because I know nothing. I don't even know about filming airplanes, let alone, <laughs> let alone like coordinating them. James Turner said, anyone ever hear the story about Thomas Jane getting full stabbed in the chest by Kevin Nash in a fight scene on the Punisher. It's the actual shot that winds up in the final film confirmed by an interview with Jane. I had no idea about that. Wow. Yeah. That's terrifying. I, I, yeah, I, I can't imagine having people actually near each other with, with real weapons. It, it's, and especially when you're on a movie with a big budget, it's like you have a rubber one. You have mm-hmm. to. Yeah. And it probably a really nice looking rubber one. Yeah. Yeah. On, on babysitter massacre. I had one rubber knife. And it wasn't even like, I mean, it was one of those knives that's for self-defense classes, mm-hmm. you know, that the, the attacker holds it, you know, and we just never showed it up close. Okay. Yeah. And nobody ever noticed that every single knife in a wide shot was the exact same black rubber knife. No one ever noticed because we didn't yeah. cut to a close up on it or something. Um, oh shit. Okay. James Turner said, I think it was retractable, but something malfunctioned. Now I've heard of that happening. Retractable knives malfunctioning and people actually getting gouged by them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you got to, yeah, even retractable knives can be pretty scary, especially when you got like two hulking masculine, like heavy duty, hard, you know, muscly men. Are there any documentaries out there about stunt women and stunt men stunts gone wrong? I don't know that there are any documentaries about stunts gone wrong. Um, a good example would be Kane Hodder's documentary. I think it was called through Helen back. Uh, Kane Hodder, most famous for playing Jason Voorhees in Friday the 13th, part seven, eight, and Jason goes to hell and Jason X. So he played Jason for in four different movies, which is more than everybody else. <laughs> everybody else played Jason in just one film. And he was a stuntman, and he did a full body burn that went wrong. And he ended up most of his body is scarred from burns. That's terrible. It is. And, uh, but in, I believe in his documentary, he admitted immediately that like, he was not experienced enough to do that stunt, but he, he took, I mean, cause he did everything. He prepped himself. He did it all. And he was like, yeah, I wasn't ready. I didn't actually know what I was doing. I just thought I did. Fire's a big deal. You gotta be ready. Fire. Yeah. Fire's a big deal. Um, <laughs> whenever I've dealt with fire on a movie, it's always been very far away from the actors in a relatively controlled situation mm-hmm. when we did scarecrow county that was the most dangerous fire gag i ever did and it wasn't that dangerous we built uh we built a corner section of a wall in the middle of a field with nothing that could catch on fire and we put some old carpet remnants down on it mm-hmm. and then we just splashed fuel on it and rolled a candle around until it caught fire and then it's a cutaway so you see a regular room and then you see the room that corner of the room start to catch on fire and then you cut to the actors and you have fog machines and firelight bouncing okay off of mm-hmm. that's how yeah. we did it it was real pretty safe but i can't say it was entirely safe because we were working with fire we had two mm-hmm. fire extinguishers sitting by we had three people present and no one was operating cameras the cameras were all locked on tripods so we just hit record 
And then everybody was focused on trying not to catch on fire or whatever. So I, uh, not to go on a tangent, so I'm going to make it really brief. I'm trained fire eater. I learned how to eat fire years and years and years ago. So whenever there's fire on a set, I kind of take the lead on it because I learned how to put fire in your mouth, which mm-hmm. it turns out it's a, you know, all they tell you is like, is heat goes up, be under the fire. Anyway, here's your torch, you know, but uh, it was not quite that flippant, but it wasn't that not flippant. But so, so when we were like doing it, I was like, I'll deal with the fire. Cause I feel like I know about fire. And you could always eat it if something goes wrong. Yeah, if it goes so. horribly wrong, just how, 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 you know, back up. I'm eating as fast as I can. Run. You know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, um, uh, James Turner uh, commented, said, Patricia, Danger God is a good documentary on older Hollywood stuntmen. Gary Kent, though, I'm not sure if I remember how much of it was about his stunts career so much as a stuntman and coordinator. That's cool. And my buddy Keith Tomlin commented from YouTube and said, usually your fire stunts are restricted to lighting a cigar. You're goddamn right. So I had a friend who was making a movie a couple years back and he had said, like, I want to do a fire stunt. And I was like, what do you have in mind? And he was like, oh, well, we just want this character catches on fire and we don't want to light anybody on fire. We're just going to light, you know, a fire right next to him, like, and shoot through it. And I was like, well, how close is he going to be to the fire? And he's like, oh, well, not close, like three feet. And I was like, three feet's really close to a fire. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. like, oh, it'll, it'll be fine. And I was like, have you ever stood three I'm feet next fine. to a, like a massive fire? I mean, this is not a, a, a campfire. This is a fire, f- like, this is a fire they started with tons of fuel. So it's going to, it's going to be big and having eaten fire and blown fire out of my mouth. I can tell you the fire is only there for like a quarter of a second, the ball, and you feel the heat on your whole body. Cause it's so close. I know, right. I'm a grown man telling another grown man, Hey bro, fire's hot. That's literally the entire argument I made, which he discard, he disregarded by the way. He was like, I don't know if fire's hot. Like, it's like, okay, <laughs> pal, we'll see. Fine. So, so I, I told him, I was like, dude, I here, he was like, well, do you think it would be, it could go well? And I was like, no, cause your actor is going to try it once and immediately realize how dangerous it is and refuse. That's exactly what happened. The yeah. moment the fire was up next to him, he was like, holy shit. And I was, and it was, I wasn't there. I just heard through the grapevine that he was like, mm-hmm. holy shit. And I was like, yeah, fire's really hot. Yeah. It's really hot and really dangerous and unpredictable. Um, Rhonda Bowman commented, I've wanted a flamethrower for so long, but I've hesitated because I have no one to train me, but YouTube. Oh, flamethrower is not that dangerous. I'm going to be honest. As long as you know, which side the fire comes out of, (laughs) it's not dangerous for the user is what I mean. (laughs) Now the rest of earth, uh, I would just get a flamethrower if I was you. It's your goddamn right. Um, now I want a flamethrower. I, I almost bought one a few years back. I came really close because they're not very expensive because they're not that complicated. They're basically a super soaker, but then with some add-ons that make it a flamethrower. Yeah. Something knocked over in my hallway. Oh. Anyway. um, (laughs) Rhonda just said, I feel better about it suddenly. I say go for it. I'll come visit and we can play with your flamethrower anytime. But so... uh, like, okay, so in Babysitter Massacre, the house burns down at the end. Spoiler alert. 
uh, the house burns down at the end. We used stock footage of a burning house that was just right. a ranch style house. It looked enough like the house we were using. It was fine. And for the reaction shots of the characters looking on at the burning house, we, we had this big fire in front of them. But the way we did that, the way we did it was I had a fire pit in my backyard, literally a fire pit. We filled it with wood. We got it burning. Now, of course, the fire is not very big. So we had the actors sit about eight feet away from the fire. And the camera was on the other side of the fire, about eight feet, six feet, eight feet from the fire. So we're shooting th right through the flames when we splash um, lighter fluid on it. So basically the fl the fire, like um, say my camera, you know, so the fire would be like down here, but then when we hit it, it would go up to here. Yeah. You know, it would like roar around. So literally while we were filming, we'd be like action. And that an action meant the characters to start acting and our guy to start just spritzing here and there mm -hmm. lighter fluid. Cause we didn't want it to be an explosion of flame, but we wanted there to be flame jumping and jumping yeah. and jumping. Yeah. And people were asking me for years how we did the house burning down. And I didn't even, I mean, I literally just shot the reaction of the girl in my backyard with my own fire pit, you know, mm -hmm. it was not that difficult and it was extremely safe. Um, if anything, looking back, I wish I had put the camera further back. Cause I remember how hot I got <laughs> while we were doing it, but it was also brief. It was a brief scene. It turned out very nice, but that was a situation where we had fire on set. I had one person dedicated to the fire. Just in case, you know, something goes wrong, nobody's distracted that's supposed to be watching the fire. His job was just right. to sit and watch the fire. And it turned out really nice. Mm -hmm. So I, I so yeah, I, I just never understand when people want to make take like huge risks to make a, a B movie. It's like, dude, nobody's getting rich here. And I don't think I want everybody. I want it to be like a campsite. I want everybody to go, uh, to go home, uh, in better shape than they were when they came to visit. Cause, cause you know, if they work on my movie, they should go home the same as they were before, except they've been fed. That yeah. should be, <laughs> that should be the way it works. So, I mean, I'm not going to claim that I'll never do a movie with stunts, but I definitely won't do a movie with stunts unless it can be done in a truly safe way with, you know, experts. I'm sure. not going to just like get one guy who's like, I could jump off a roof and be like, go on, jump off the roof. You know, I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> Dave said, why do you call me expendable Dave on every set though? Well, only my hairdresser knows for sure. Um, that's just not worth commenting on, you know? Um, but yeah, so stunts, yeah, they're, they're scary. And it's very important to not abuse that. Cause I mean, in the sixties and seventies, there were a lot of like questionable movies. I mean, movies with very questionable stunts. Mm -hmm. A lot of Roger Corman's movies were just kind of like guys were like, yeah, I can fall off a motorcycle and they would just fall off a motorcycle again and again. Um, the scariest ones I heard of were like in the Philippines when they would film movies there, stuntmen got paid very well. So literally like anybody would volunteer to do a stunt because they just wow. wanted that like 30 bucks, you know, yeah. they wanted that. And this is $30 in the Philippines in the seventies. So that's actually a decent amount of money sure. by, by their, their concept. So, but like I've watched some of those Filipino action movies and guys like jump off a 10 foot roof and just fall on the ground. Wow. Which when I watch it, I'm like, Oh my God. Cause you see it. It's just all one shot. Ah, mm -hmm. They just hit the ground. Now it's like dirt. It's not concrete. So that's nice. doesn't help that much, but you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. falling on concrete's unideal. Mm -hmm. um, but they just like fall to the ground. And all I can think is I'm like, oh my God. And then I have to remember like, no, they basically what they decided was I'm pretty good at falling. And 
$30 is worth having the wind knocked out of me, you know, today. Yeah. I don't know that I would make that call, but they did. So Mm -hmm. that's where it gets tricky. It's like, I do believe in free will and autonomy, but like, I don't think that I I would rather not cause someone to get hurt. Yeah. Um, And then there's also the question of how responsible is a director In, in one instance, I believe a director is entirely responsible, but in the other, I mean, on these really big movies, the director's like, you know, a quarter of a mile away from everybody. And when you're hired to be like in charge of stunts and stuff, that's your oversight is supposed to be part of what they're paying for. You're supposed to be, and and I'm not saying that they're not being pressured, but I'm just saying like, they're supposed to look at a situation and go, yeah, this is right. Or no, this is fucked. That's supposed to be what they do. Now, somebody, a director or producer may come to them and be like, well, we really want it to be this way, but you shouldn't fall for that. You just shouldn't Mm -hmm. because you know, you just shouldn't. But I do understand why some people do. And the other problem is, I mean, I want to talk about something way scarier than stunt people getting hurt or killed on sets. What about just regular crew people getting hurt or killed on sets? There have been tons of examples of camera operators like walking backwards into train tracks off of cliffs. Oh, no. And it's because when you get on a movie, even a lower budget movie, everybody becomes obsessed with getting the movie done, getting the movie in the can. And rightfully so. I mean, you're a team trying to accomplish this goal, but there is a point where you start to maybe dedicate more of yourself than you're supposed to. You stop, you don't, you know, take care of yourself. You're not drinking water. You're not getting Mm -hmm. into the shade if it's really sunny, whatever it may be. And that's where I believe the director comes in. The director needs to every now and then just stop everything and ask how everybody's doing. Yeah. Especially if you've only got like 10 people, they can all answer. Mm -hmm. Just how's everybody doing? One of the speeches I always give on set is if you're thirsty and you need to stop to have a drink of water, that's fine. That five minutes will lose while you drink water beats the hell out of 45 minutes to an hour waiting on an ambulance. Yeah. So drink some water. I will not be mad. I know it seems like all I want in the world is to get to the next shot. And that's true, but that doesn't mean I don't know that you're a human and could use a little bit of water in a 98 degree sunny day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and people who've worked with me on set can attest. I give long speeches about sunscreen and big floppy hats. Um, David DeNoyer, having worked on many sets, I can confirm you cover every concern for cast and crew. You really impressed me with your prep on Calamity Jane, Jane with the cooling packs. Thank you, D- Dave. When we made Calamity Jane's Revenge, it was in the it was mostly in the dead of summer, and we were having ninety eight <laughs> degree days. So we were filming in the brush, which was nice because most of the day there's shade. Mm-hmm. But it was still yeah. insanely hot. So what I did was I bought a bunch of these like cooling rags people wear at sporting events. They just con- they just you know let water loose on the back of your neck. They just sit there, and I kept them in a cooler full of ice water, so they were always kind of chilly. The only negative to that plan was that you know who couldn't wear those the cast because they were in costume. Um, so they would have to just like go sit in the shade and drink water. But mm-hmm. the crew and stuff. The other thing, and Dave's probably heard me say this a million times, people will get out of their car to work because we did a Western last year and it was very hot some of those days and people would get out of their car and be like, Hey man, good to see you. And I'd shake their hand and be like, good to see you too. Where's your floppy hat. (laughs) That's always like the first thing I have to say, where's your floppy hat? Cause I can bring sunscreen for everybody, but I don't generally have, I usually have two extra hats in my car Mm -hmm. (laughs) just in case, but I don't have enough hats for everybody. So I'm always like, where's your floppy hat? Do you need me to get you a floppy hat right now? You need a floppy hat. And I'm not a hypocrite. I wear my floppy hat. So anyway, I don't know. I, I do think it's important to take care of those people. Yeah. Those people. Yeah. 
So every time I, I, I un- unintentionally say the phrase, those people, I always like to stop and just, and just say it differently. Mm-hmm. Those people, <sighs> those people, but, um, but yeah, I hate the idea that people get hurt and I hate the nonchalantness. Like my friend who wanted to do that fire stunt, he was like, no, we're like, like I would do it. And I'm like, you're not smart then. Like don't, yeah. don't get burned by a fucking fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and you're talking to somebody who's literally put fire in my mouth and I don't, I consider that more responsible than like having an actor stand near or very close to a real fire. It's super yeah. dangerous, super dangerous. Uh, also the guy who was like, I would do it. had a wife and kids because they always do. They always do. <laughs> it's like me. I, now I can't fire eat cause I have dogs to worry about. You know, I can't, yeah. I can't risk getting hurt now, but that, that is the catch 22. But what if fire eating paid my bills? Well, then I'd be like, I can't stop fire eating. I got dogs. Yeah. You got to feed them. <laughs> they got to be fed, man. So, um, but yeah, safety is always the number one priority. It, it, mm-hmm. it should be. And it's, but it is hard. I mean, the entire reason I know how careful you need to be in the heat is because I worked on a movie when I was 19 years old that was shooting outside in the middle of the summer, two days straight. And I got heat stroke because I wasn't keeping up with it myself. And I was young. Yeah. I was 19. I was young and strong, you know, I, I like, and it was really awful. So mm-hmm. it's the same thing when we film in the winter, how I'm like, do you have long underwear? They're like, why do I need long underwear? I'm like, because you're going to be in the cold for nine hours. You know, like uh, I always joke that whenever people come to work on a movie set that haven't before and it's filming outside, I always have to explain them like, look, I know you've been outside for long periods before, but unless you've worked outside for long periods, you don't really get it because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you may be like, oh, yeah. well, this is what I do when I go to the beach. It's like, yeah, but you might only spend two and a half hours on the beach if you get too warm. Mm-hmm. maybe even less same thing with like when you go out and play in the snow yeah but are you are you gonna go out there for nine hours you might yeah. but you might not and no, i feel like if, and i feel like if you do go out and play that long in the snow you definitely have some long johns yeah you know i mean that's super duper important to have long johns proper uh, appropriate footwear that's the other big one appropriate mm-hmm. footwear mm-hmm. i can't tell you how many people i've told like okay we're gonna be filming in the woods it's gonna be muddy we're gonna be you know hiking across fields and then they show up with just like a pair of adidas on and i'm like dude you're about to have a hard day you're about to have a hard day that's all know. i'm saying uh shonum has joined us and he said 90 degrees out here right now and i'm mowing here in the 50 percent humidity huh. i think i believe shonum is in texas yeah yeah he's in texas our, our, uh, the humidity in my house is like 57%. I don't know what it is everywhere else. It's what? Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know what it is here either. It's not that humid, but it's also a little bit humid. Like I can feel it. Yeah. I, I can feel it a little bit. I finally gave in and turned on the AC after it got to 78 degrees in here. I was like, all right, mm-hmm. let's get it down to 75, but I'm so excited. Cause tonight I get to get in the hot tub. Yeah. Oh, Yay. I couldn't do it last night because lousy Dave showed me a movie till one in the morning. Aww. Yeah, he's a jerk. Um, it was actually a really good movie. Uh, Rhonda Bowman said, God, heat stroke is the worst. You feel like shit and are constantly kicking your own ass. Like all I needed was a hat and sunscreen. Why? In between thinking. So this is how it ends. That's exactly what it felt like. That's exactly what it felt like to me. Have you read heat stroke, Michelle? <sighs> Has anything bad ever happened to you i feel like you just oh my god so many things 
Um, no, but like my sister has, like I, yeah, I'm just. Lucky. You're just smart, too smart for that. Lucky. Uh, luck is a part of it too. I do like. I mean, if I'm outside, like I, because I don't. It's not like I'm constantly working outside usually. Yeah. But if I'm outside, like I'm, I am in shade. Like I am hiding basically because I don't want the sun to give me cancer. So. So you're in shade, but also maybe throwing a little shade. Maybe. <laughs> People walk my nice shoes. <laughs> Rude. Um, Paulie says, howdy y'all. Well, he said you all, but I corrected it. Um, he said, I used to work in a factory that would be 105 to 115 degrees at night. I'd wow. lose five to 10 pounds a night. Yeah. Yeah. My, my father, um, worked in a light bulb factory and you had to drink. They had uh, rules on how much water you have to drink every hour because it is insanely hot. So oof. that's yeah. smart though. It makes me think of the Simpsons when uh, they discover that Bart is like a total delinquent and they, they send him to the, they send him to like career placement and like with his history of um, rowdiness and his low grades, his future is delegated to only the loudest and hottest jobs available. And I was like, wow, that's hard. <laughs> hottest and noisiest jobs available. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, no, uh, I think a lot of people don't stand outside long enough to get heat stroke. So, um, Shonum commented, I once worked in a fire hydrant factory, wouldn't park anywhere near the place. <laughs> that got me. That was good. That was good. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there was a, there was a cartoon I used to watch when I was a kid, like an old cheap Hanna-Barbera cartoon or something mm -hmm. where, um, this woman, oh, it shown him said joke stolen by from Stephen Wright. That's a really good one. That sounds like a Stephen Wright joke. I, uh, I tried to hang myself with a bungee cord the other night. I just kept almost dying. It's one of his jokes. I always liked. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> what was I talking about? I don't even remember. Um, oh, uh, no. What was I talking about? You, you're like, I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. No, I don't. I like don't remember either. Oh no, we did it. Um, oh, what I was going to say is, um, you know, a lot of people don't work outside, so they don't really oh, know mm -hmm. how bad heat stroke can be. Mm -hmm. um, when you work on movies, I mean, a lot of it's very blue collar. A lot of it is like taking a truck to a place and being outside all day. Um, so you do get kind of used to like, you know, managing it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Sure. And most days it's as simple as a hat, a little shade every now and then, and just a ton of cold water, mm -hmm. you know, and you'll probably be fine. Um, the worst is just when like an, uh, like somebody I'm working with will hide the fact that they're feeling too hot when it's like, Oh, well, all I would do is tell you to go sit in the shade for five minutes. Like, yeah, that's all I would say. I wouldn't be like, Oh, you're weak. <laughs> no, it's hot. It's hot out. I know that I happen to handle heat very well, mm -hmm. but I also know that others don't like, yeah. And I want to mention, I mean, I believe that I handle heat very well, even having had heat stroke once because I was just being a dumbass. I just wasn't yeah. drinking water, you know, or wearing a hat. Now I will always be drinking water and wearing a hat. So it's, uh, but it is funny to explain to people like how much you actually need to prepare to be outside for the whole day. The yeah. whole damn day. Yeah. You really do. It's like going on a hike, you know, uh, you need to have prep, you need to be prepared. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. Good job. You guys got me talking about film safety. That will get me going every time. So, 
Um, yeah, because this last Western we did, it was brutal sun. I mean, the sun was just beating us up. So I bought two canopies. So right. we had our own. So we had our own shade, no mm-hmm. matter where we went. Um, ugh, that was it. Was so hot those days. Yeah, I just remember like getting done at the end of the day and and going home and just like having soaking wet socks, like from all that sweat. Yeah, and crossing the creek. But huh. I had I had waterproof hiking shoes on, oh. so I had you know the the hiking high tops shoes. Mm-hmm. Like so they're not boots, but they're clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I would wear. So, hmm. yeah, but it, you know, but like the creek is always a different height every day, right? <laughs> because of when it rains and stuff like that. I mean, I would actually think that having your your feet get wet in in a situation where you were like super hot and your feet would sweat otherwise, it's probably good. I mean, uh, not good to have your feet totally wet all day. It probably cools you down, you know? Uh, maybe. It could be downright refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> I start every day before I go on set with uh, putting gold bond powder in my socks and inside the shoe as well. Just to try and keep good the... Idea. Yeah. And most times it's not too bad. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Keith would know. Keith just commented and said, we need to build a bridge for that creek. Keith has probably had the wor- more of a bad time crossing that creek than anybody else I know. There's one, there's one big fat plot of land a friend owns that we film a lot of our movies at, and there's a big, there's a big creek, and if it's rained a lot, it's it's can be pretty deep. But if it hasn't, it's like eight inches deep, maybe a little less, maybe a little more. Mm-hmm. So deep enough that if you walk carefully across it in boots, you won't get wet. Um, but you do have to kind of mind your your steps, and uh, if you slip, you're gonna get your shoe full of water what's wrong no i was just thinking about how you you want to walk carefully across this creek and like i just want to go in the creek and like get my feet all wet i mean that's you know up to you. come visit me in dayton i'll take you to that creek you can do whatever you want okay i really want you to visit i know i miss you i miss you too but <laughs> but no no fine man you're so cruel um david Noyer said I don't know. Those fish might have had a bad time catching your bullets last week. I did shoot up that creek the other day. It's on my Instagram. That was fun. <laughs> what? No, I mean, as long as you didn't hurt the fish there. I've never seen a fish in that That's because you scared them. <laughs> I will say the creek gets a lot deeper on the other side and pauses. There have to be fish somewhere in that water but that part of the creek can be pretty low the fish would have to be very small i've seen tadpoles there but never never fish oh uh oh yeah matt said if you come you can if you visit you can come to the movies with us yeah michelle see you should come okay in fact, get in the car now. You can you can use your phone to chat with us while you're driving. Oh, okay, right sure. That'd be mm-hmm. fun. We'll stream for eight hours on your drive too. Here, yeah, t- totally. Sounds great. Uh, Keith said, "I slipped on the muddy bank, and my whole backside from my shoulders to my shoes was covered in mud." I do remember mm-hmm. that. That's why I'm saying it with a smile. I remember that. No, I was actually really worried. I was like, "Shit, Keith, are you okay?" And you're like, "Ah." <laughs> that was pretty much it. Um. I did. So before we get out of here, I did want to mention, I went and saw the new Dr. Strange movie last night. Yeah. I mean, you don't How have to be it? that excited. 
Michelle, it's okay. It's okay. How how was it? it was good? It was good. Um, I'm personally a little burned out on the Marvel movies now. Uh huh. So that's not to say I don't enjoy them. Like I really enjoyed the latest Spider-Man, you know, mm-hmm. but, but there is a, a, an element of all the Marvel movies. That's kind of the same now. Yeah. It just yeah. feels like episodes of a TV show sometimes. Mm-hmm. So the first maybe hour and 20 minutes of Dr. Strange was fine. Like, it, well, I wasn't that into it. I'm not into the character or anything very much, but that last maybe 40 or 30 minutes was really freaking awesome. Okay. Um, it was directed by Sam Raimi who did evil dead. And mm-hmm. toward the end of that movie, it became very horror movie like, and they let him kind of do what he does. Um, okay. And that was really fun. That made it, cool. that, that part will be memorable. Um, unlike a lot of Marvel movies, I will probably forget which movie I saw most of the scenes in that movie in, mm-hmm. <laughs> but not the one, not all the crazy evil dead like stuff. I'll remember that that was, you know, in the, uh, in the multiverse of madness was the, yeah. So it was fun. I, I definitely, if you like Dr. Strange, you should go see it for sure. Um, I wouldn't have seen it probably. I may not have seen it at all. I don't know. I might've went to see it because of Sam Raimi, but I really went to see it because Matt bought me a ticket and insisted because I probably would have skipped it otherwise. Like much like I will be skipping the new Thor movie. I just, I've not, he's my least favorite Avenger. So Mm -hmm. I'm good. I'm good. good. Although I did like him in the last movie when he got all fat and depressed because it gave him, it gave him, um, uh, depth to me. Yeah. It's not even because it was funny. Yeah, it was funny, but it gave him depth to me. The idea that like, after all this bad stuff happened, he just started like hanging out at his apartment with like loser friends and playing video games and getting drunk. Mm-hmm. I kind of appreciated that he was so depressed. Like it, it made me like him. Yeah. You know? So yeah. Uh, Nat's threatening me with a ticket. I'm, I, I'm a fr- I may just like not come even if you buy me a ticket, man, I'm kind of tired of seeing movies. I didn't want to see, uh, <laughs> You I, went, go. I went and saw the Northman and I, I, I knew I wasn't going to like it very much. Cause it's just not the kind of movie I like. Mm. Um, but I've never been to a movie that I actually wished I would fall asleep during. Like I was like, come on, mm. get sleepy. <laughs> just fall asleep. Me. Um, it wasn't a terrible movie, but I, it just it sounds I'm not the like right, you thought it was terrible, <laughs> but I'm not the right audience for it. Like I thought the trailers looked awful. Oh. Like and by awful I mean not good to me like I boring like I wasn't interested in the story personally yeah that doesn't mean that other people won't enjoy it a whole lot it's just it was not for me at all I I came to the conclusion that um if there's a sword in something and it's not being wielded by a samurai I probably won't like it that much like I'm just not a fantasy guy yeah yeah so again unless it's in feudal Japan that's where you and I agree on something is like yeah. Japan, you know? So, uh, Paulie said it was the best example of depression. And I think in recent film, well, definitely in like big, big Hollywood movies, um, for sure. David Denoyer said they can howl with all the main characters. Yeah. There's a lot of yelling and howling and screaming in Northman. And it's like seven and a half days long. Um, (laughs) it's super, super long. That was my biggest complaint too. That's the other thing. Um, I was relieved that multiverse of madness was only two hours and like three minutes. I'm starting to get really tired of every movie being like, this is two and a half to three hours long. I'm like, why? I, why? I I don't feel like I'm getting my money's worth by there just being more movie for the sake of it. Like sometimes it works, you know, like the Batman didn't feel that long. It did feel long to me, but it didn't feel that long. 
Uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once did not feel very long at all to me. But that's also possibly the best movie of the year by like a large margin. And I'm going to pay for you to rent it when it comes out. Okay. Young lady. Okay. Okay. Speaking of which, let me see if I can order your dinner. Oh, right. Oh, so everybody, Sunday was Michelle's birthday. I apologize. I should have opened with that. It's okay. I wasn't telling everybody. (laughs) Sunday was Michelle's birthday. So if you get a chance, um, you guys should uh, wish her a happy birthday. It's okay. It's over. (laughs) Paulie said only movie I slept through in the theater was mobsters from like 1990. And then Dave, of course said I fucking love mobsters. The only movie I've ever slept through nearly entirely was the green Knight. I, I, I fell asleep three different times during the green night. Uh, Rhonda Bowman. Happy birthday. Matt Brassfield. Happy birthday. Thank you. People like you, Michelle. No, no, they don't. I think they might. I think that you, I don't think you understand. You think I put them up to it? Yeah. This Chinese place is just saying it's closed right now. Okay. Do you want me to wait until like five? And if they're still closed, we'll just go somewhere. We'll just do something else. No, let's wait for another half hour. And then that's fine by me. Um, And yeah, I mean, I don't even care. I can just eat some dirt. So (laughs) Uh, John O'Dalton joined us and he said, I fell asleep in all of the Lord of the Rings movies. I only saw one of them and I that was enough for me, but see, that's my point. I don't believe Lord of the Rings is bad. I believe that I do not like it very much. There's Uh a big difference. I've seen movies where I was like, why would anybody like this? And then I've seen Mm -hmm. plenty of movies where I was like, I don't like this very much. Okay. Okay. That's what I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that there are very many movies I've went into the theater and thought were just bad. That being said, I thought the green Knight was pretty bad to be honest. I actually don't know why, what there is to like about it. I don't even know what that is. So that's well, it's, it's a movie based on the story of the green Knight. It's it was a poem. Long story. I loved that poem when I was a kid. Um, Mm -hmm. Uh, John O'Connell said, uh, to a great anime fan on her birthday. Oh, that's like the most backhanded happy birthday ever. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, anime fan, happy birthday. Uh, oh, David and Paulie are now fighting in our chat over, um, mobsters, 1990, uh, John O'Donnell said, I fell asleep during lion King and woke up and wondered where the Cubs dad was. He got killed when I was asleep, man. That's some like life hacking though. Like you, you avoided all the pain. I wish I could have, I wish I could have fallen asleep during the scene where the horse dies in the never ending story. So that I just be like, Oh, he must've just left. He wanted to leave his horse behind so it wouldn't get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. In the swamp. Well, we don't know that they got to the swamp. Right. But, uh, oh God, now they're fighting because apparently Paul Lee walked out of Dick Tracy. Okay. Um, oh God, John O'Dalt says, I fell asleep during Beauty and the Beast and missed Gaston's song and then wondered who he was the rest of the time. <laughs> That's funny. Um, oh, he said to a great cartoonist on her birthday then. The other one was fine, too. Thank you. <laughs> we just like to tease Michelle because she's a weeb and we love her for it. No, we don't. I want to point out that the reason I didn't buy you, a, I, I mean, the reason I'm getting you dinner instead of buying you a birthday present was because mm-hmm. I just couldn't find the perfect weeb gift. I've had good luck the last few birthdays and Christmases, but this time around, I just was not having any luck. It's okay. So what do I do? I'm like, I'll buy you dinner. And then what do you want? Asian food. 
And actually, that role you wanted sounds amazing. Yeah. So. We'll see. Uh, I just want eel. That's really all I wanted. So. Eel? Eel? Eel. Sorry. I heard I heard it. It sounded weird the first time you said it. I don't know if maybe that was just me, though. I said eel. Is that. Okay. It, eel. Yeah. No, I'm with you. For some reason, it sounded like yol to me for some No, reason. I didn't. I said eel. Right? That's how you pronounce it. Eel. Paul, he said nothing wrong with anime. Uh. Uh, you know what it might be? How you say eel. Eel. Not you, eel? but I mean people. Eel. Eel. Like, um, it's you can't really, it's a horrible word for reading lips. Oh, okay. And maybe I just, because I was looking at you, maybe I misheard you. Uh, oh, oh, boom, boom. David Miller, I heard Yule. Um, Yule. I definitely didn't say Yule. I mean, I, this is recorded. I'm going back. Okay. Not really. Not really. Oh, Rhonda Bowman said, now I'm hungry. Is, is there going to be another place we can go to if DoorDash doesn't have this place? Or do I have to go on Grubhub like a, like a fool and get it for you there? I mean, I we could find somewhere probably. Oh, you hear that guys? I got to get her. I got to no, get her. It, it's okay. No, no, it's okay. And we don't even know if it's open on Grubhub either. Maybe the world <sighs> ended. Maybe the world ended? Yeah. I'm checking Grubhub. You, you guys no. see how Michelle does me? What? I'm buying her food for her day. Eel. Yule. Getting her some Yule. Yule. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't even. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to have to wait to look this up on here because I need to ask you your address and I don't think you should give it out over the internet. Okay. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's saying veal. I think that's just because Keith always hears veal. veal. That's just one of his features. So, but uh, <laughs> Rhonda Bowman said DoorDash will still work in the apocalypse. Apparently not. So. Well, this store is the only one that says it's not open right now. Okay. It's probably just not open. Maybe they closed early today or something. Oh, I still think that they closed and they're going to reopen at dinner time. That's what I think is going to happen, but I could be wrong. You don't have to be so hateful. All right. Pretty sure that they're open. Mm, we'll see. Well, on that note, I think we're going to get out of here so I can sort out this uh, situation. Got to get Michelle her birthday uh, snackies. I mean, I was going to get you food on your birthday, but you have too much family who love you and spend time with you and get you food. Hmm. So must be nice, huh? Hmm. <laughs> but seriously, happy birthday, Michelle. Thanks. I'm sorry that uh, we care. It's so. okay. I get it. Do <laughs> you do? No. Oh, well, here, this will help. You can have the final word again, Michelle. Oh, no. no. um, trying to just read the comments. Yeah, haha. but I'm not going to say what they are. I'm just going to read them. <laughs> All right, you win this round. We'll see you guys later. Thanks for listening. You can email us at thisshowisawkward at gmail.com or go to awkwardshow.com or whatever. See you next time. <laughs>